Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Stacking the Box, counting it down to the Super Bowl. It is Wednesday, January 27th as we sit down. Myself, Mark Carmen, and our NFL insider, the man, the Stacking the Box columnist and your Stacking the Box podcast leader, Matt Berteram. Uh, Verram, are you? Uh, how do you feel as a fan waiting for the Super Bowl? Do you, do you even? I don't know. Does it? Does it change? Does your life feel different right now? Let's start there. Uh, tell me what it's like to be rooting for a winner. I can't remember at this point. <laughs> well, look. First of all, it's just funny because as a Chiefs fan, the idea of even going to the Super Bowl so foreign up until last year that it felt impossible. Um, it feels. It feels good. I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to be in the game, right, as a fan. But I, it's it's funny because like last year, which was, of course, this was right before COVID kind of exploded. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs beat Tennessee in the AC title game, and I was on a plane 9 a.m. the next morning with pretty much the entire Chicago Bears front office going to Mobile, right? Like that was – my schedule we left right after the game down to mobile i came home for three days i was down in miami for eight days for the super bowl so it was it was different and the chiefs obviously hadn't gone in 50 years and of course i was not around the last time they went so it was so like just it was a whirlwind it was crazy whereas this year don't get me wrong like i don't take it for granted for a second but there was an expectation with this team like yeah they should go to the super bowl they are the best team they have the experience. Um, so it's different, but yeah, hell, it's, it's a lot of fun. I don't know how many hours it is until the Super Bowl. And, you know, a it's lot. interesting. A, a lot, right. But the, the point being is that you're, you mentioned the pandemic and in years past, you know, fans, I last, I think, three years we've been to the Super Bowl. And outside of that, it's just like, you know, f- the normal process of a season is just felt so much different and chiefs fans would be going down to Tampa right now, maybe and a select few are, but the whole thing feels right. a little bit different right now. It just does. Um, and at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's a super bowl and we're going to, and people are going to have, I assume some super bowl parties out there and it's not going to feel any less different, right? The chiefs win and, or the bucks win, you're still going to feel like it was a legitimate Super Bowl. There's no actual – I haven't heard anybody saying, like, this doesn't count. Like, that that conversation hasn't been out there at all. No, no, because I don't think it – look, baseball was so bizarre. It was a really short season and, and everything that went into it, right? Like, basketball, you're playing in the bubble. Same thing with hockey. 
you know, it was it, the seasons were interrupted. Football, the seasons were played. I mean, teams were home, teams were away. There were 16 games. Everybody played them. You went through the playoffs. The playoffs went off without a hitch. I mean, it was really, you know, and, and the one thing I think also here that matters, and knock on what I don't uh, jinx either team, but the playoffs weren't massively impacted by COVID. There wasn't like nobody's like major big time star got COVID and had to miss the game, you know? So I think that's also part of it, but no, I, I think we'll look back on this year and it was weird because there weren't fans and, you know, or there was limited capacity, but it wasn't, no, I, I don't feel it's any more or less legitimate than any other year. Can you imagine what happens in the next couple of days if Patrick Mahomes and or Tom Brady came down with COVID? I think like, they pushed the game. I really like, do. Because like, it doesn't like any other team at this point. You, you would think, but if it's literally just one guy, albeit the most, one of the two most important guys. If it's either on, one of those quarterbacks, I think they'd push the game. That that would I I'm not rooting for that to happen, but I would be interested to see how the it would NFL go, it doesn't want Blaine Gabbert, Chad Henney in the Super Bowl. No, I don't think they do. And but, the NFL, what do you care, right? Like, all right, so you push it for a week. You had to. Yeah, but there's there's got to be some logistics that we're not thinking about right there that would be less than ideal for the NFL. And if it really was just one guy, my guess would be they'd be like, just just don't tell anybody. Well, that I, I, could I, that could definitely also happen. Right? Could, I mean, no, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that point. But I'm just saying, if you said to me, what's more likely? If if Tom Brady got COVID, would they play the game or move it? They would. I think they would move it. Yeah. Uh, because, because- Every three seconds, there's a new victim of identity theft. A criminal could be applying for loans in your name or even selling your personal info on the dark web. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're not, it's, not like in, it's not like in other rounds where you'd be bumping into the next round. There's nothing out in front of it. You know? no, right. Logically, hey, move it back a week, no big deal, but... That that would be that would be one bizarre thing because we're you know as we kick off stag in the box you're looking at storylines of what could happen here in Super Bowl Fifty Five and you know for me it's uh, obviously the the top of the food chain Mahomes versus Brady and and Mahomes uh, kind of wrestling away the I, I I don't even there's there's no way that he can be considered the quote unquote goat uh, anytime soon and right. It feels like if he does beat him, it's 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 sort of a step along. Not not sort of. It is a step along the way, flat out. To, and they've had these games between the Bucks or, or the Patriots and, and Mahomes and the Chiefs have been incredibly close. Not that I don't think any of that really matters, but they did play earlier this year, and it was a great game. So I mean, if you're looking for reasons for Tampa uh, to have confidence here, that would be one. Yeah, uh, it was a weird game, you know. Kansas City was up 17-0 after the first quarter. Tyreek Hill had 208 yards in the first quarter of the game. Finished with 269, three touchdowns. It was 27-10 in the fourth quarter, and then the Bucs scored twice and, and were within a stop of, of getting the ball back yeah. and, and having a real shot to win the game, but they just couldn't get off the field. Yeah, I mean, it was just – it was like, you know, when you look back, I know, like, oh, okay, the, these two are not close. But then somehow, some way. 
the Bucks made it a game. And if you go back and you look at the the highlights uh, of Patrick Mahomes in that game versus, and it's the same by the way as every other game, he's so good at looking one way and freezing the defense and then throwing the the up the opposite way with you know taking such little time. I don't you know just trying to think about how. Tampa can scheme it differently. I don't think there really is a, a great way to do it. You got to almost hope that he has an off day. He's just that good. Yeah. Look, I, I actually, I agree. Like, I don't know. Look, there's, there's two ways to me, and we're going to preview the heck out of the game next week. Um, so I won't go, I won't go really in depth. I think Tampa though, and, and I'm not breaking news with this. I mean, I, you know, I think most people feel this way. Tampa is going to win this game. Tampa's got to get pressure on him all game, all game, not for a quarter, not every other draw, like all game, all game. It's 60 minutes because the Niners did it for 53 minutes and they, and they were great. They were up 20 to 10. And then for seven minutes, they didn't get pressure and the Chiefs scored 21 points, one by 11. Like it's, and the Niners defense overall is better, was much better than Tampa's defense because Tampa does not have a good secondary. And the Niners had at least a, a, a solid secondary with Sherman and Ward. Um, listen, I I think it, it's a very interesting game. It's an intriguing game. Um, you know, you look back at that game that you talked about that happened um, week 12. I mean, <laughs> the Chiefs had 543 yards. And McCall Hardman, it was half on Mahomes, half on Hardman, dropped a 90-yard touchdown pass. I mean, could not have been more open. And, and Mahomes was a little behind him and Hardman. Could have made the catch. I mean, if that catch is made, and it should have been, 633 yards of offense in the game, right? Like, the, But the Bucks had 417 and only held the ball for 23 minutes. Now, some of that, yes, did come late in the game, whatever. Um, but, I mean, each team, seven and a half yards per play. Uh, you know, I mean, you're talking – uh, you know, the Chiefs had 26 first downs. But here's the other thing that's crazy about that game. The Chiefs did all that and had 10 penalties. And Tampa had eight. So it was just – it was a wild game. Um, you know, the, the the big difference – I mean, the, you know, whatever. We don't have to go all the way through this. But, um, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs also were 0 for 3 in the red zone and still managed to somehow win. Like, it was just a weird, crazy game. But, yeah, look, man, it's going to be fun. And I, I, there's a lot of matchups to look at in this one. You, you uh, knocked out a little bit there the, the ability of the Chiefs in seven minutes to go on a run. Um, and, like, if you go back through it, and, and let me give credit to my guy, Nick Wright, who's um, been on Stacking the Box. He underlined this. 2018 divisional round against the Colts. They were down – they started the game up 17 zip, so just started hot. But then you go to the AFC Championship game versus the Patriots. They were they went on a 21-3 to run when they were down 14 zip. In the yeah. 2019 divisional round versus Texas, they're down 24 nothing. They score 41 straight points, right? Down 10 zip in the AFC Championship game to the Titans uh, in, in 2019. They're down 10 zip. They go 35-7, to right? Super Bowl, of course, everyone with the Niners, they're down 20 to 10. They score 21 straight. Um, you know, so there's this, they, it's like they, you get held, they get held down for a little bit, but then all of a sudden something switches. If there's adjustments or people get tired or whatever the hell it is, um, you know, all of a sudden things just can flip down, you know, just let's go back to Buffalo this last week, nine zip and all of a sudden, okay, 38 six, it's over. You know, I mean, and not that quickly, but that's what it seems like at times. It's just like, well, 
you know? It's an it's an avalanche. I mean, and you're right. Like the 38-6 Buffalo thing, yeah, it happened over a period of time, but the Chiefs scored 21 points in the second quarter. I mean, that game went from 9 nothing to 21-9 in a blink. And let's be real, that game's over 21-9. The Bills aren't going to win that game. And that's the thing the Buccaneers are going to have to grapple with is how do you stop the avalanche? That's the thing. Like, you can give up a touchdown. You can't give up 21 straight points. You're just going home. You're not going to win that game because, look, this is – we have it on the rundown here, and I want to get into it. What is the juiciest matchup to you of this game? And for me, I will speak quickly. I, everyone's going to talk about Mahomes and Brady. And from a historical standpoint, I mean, how could it not be? That has to be. I look at Steve Spagnuolo against Brady, who Steve Spagnuolo was the defensive coordinator of the 07 Giants when they beat the undefeated Patriots. And in that game, he didn't blitz. They rushed four. They got home constantly. The Chiefs this year are fairly blitz heavy. I believe eighth or ninth in, in blitz rate. And in the playoffs, you know, last week I read a lot of stuff that well, they can't blitz Josh Allen. Allen's been great against the blitz. And I went back and I watched the all 22 film last night. I spent two hours watching it. The Chiefs destroyed Josh Allen, just bringing everybody. There was one snap where they just they put seven guys on the line of scrimmage and brought every single one of them. Every one of them. They had no regard for Stephon Diggs. They guarded him one-on-one. They didn't care. And they did it. And they did it fine. Now, I'm not saying that the Chiefs will just blitz Brady – you know, 60% of the time. They won't. But I think they're going to blitz him a lot in this game. A lot. Like 40 to 50%. I think that's coming. They have no fear of leaving their guys one-on-one in the back end. That's what they've done all year long. They blitz cover zero more than any team in the league. And I'm fascinated because, look, Spagnuolo was there for the Chiefs last year and they played New England. And they and now, now New England has no weapons. But they blitzed him to the hilt and they shut him down. They blitzed him like crazy in week 12. They hit him eight times. They sacked him once, and they got ready to throw two interceptions. I would be willing to bet that the Chiefs are going to blitz the hell out of Brady again in this game. And I'm curious to see what the response is. Brady this year under pressure ranks 30th in the NFL for quarterbacks. I, I, I am fascinated to see that matchup of two guys who have seen each other. By the way, Spagnuolo's on the staff for the Eagles when the, when the, when the uh, Pats beat them in the Super Bowl way back when. So there's a long history between these two guys. I look forward to that match. I love that angle, and I also love, conversely, the Todd Bowles versus Patrick Mahomes angle. And I, I do wonder, like, if you're Todd Bowles, do you call up Bill Belichick and say, hey, Bill, you got any uh, tips you'd like to pass along here? I mean, can't hurt, right? I don't no. know. Can't hurt. All. You know what? I actually thought about it. That's a great. That's a great call, Carm. The, the weird thing, though, the kind of the problem is like the Pats' defense is very built on being multiple and amoebic, and they have a million DBs, right? Like that's what Belichick does against the Chiefs. He plays a million defensive backs, like literally seven DBs at a shot. But if Tampa does that, then they got to take those linebackers off the field and they got to take some of their D tackles and D ends off the field. And I don't think they're willing to do that. So they can't really like to me, this the answer to how the Bucs are going to play the Chiefs is obvious. They tried playing man against them the first time, and Hill had 200 yards in a quarter, and they were like, okay, we're done with that. And they played zone the rest of the game. And Kelsey and Hill continued to light them up, but it was better than giving up 200 yards in a quarter. They have to play zone against the Chiefs. They have to. Their, their corners are just not good enough to play man. 
And so that's where it becomes very – like the Chiefs are going to go into this game knowing how Tampa wants to play them. Can Tampa execute it? And that's why I keep saying they've got to get home, and they got to get home immediately. If they don't do that, it's going to be a slaughter going the other direction. Well, and you're also going to know that uh, if you're going to that level of nerd football, and we appreciate if you do, and I guess if you're listening to Stack in the Box, you're probably in that corner anyway. Um, although I think this is for – Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody, even, even the non-football nerd fan. But if you see the Bucks. Switching back from zone to man to zone to man, you just know that they're like just searching for some level of answer because they're just super frustrated. There's, I mean, it's you do want to mix up your coverages, and to your point, Matt, I, I think they they definitely want to play zone. So if they actually switch into man, it's like, oh damn it, like this is this ain't working. Let's try this, even though we know it's not going to work. You know, you yeah, go ahead. Up, and I, we can move on here, but you brought up the point about like how the Chiefs go on runs. And part of the reason they go on runs is because their defense is really underrated. Like all those numbers you just ripped off 38 to 6 and all these 21 nothing runs and 41 nothing runs against Houston. Those numbers at the beginning of the, of the phrase are big. But the other number is also equally important because the Chiefs can get off the field. It would be like, oh, yeah, well, they scored four straight touchdowns, but maybe they only gained seven points in that time. You know, Kansas City's defense this year, um, CBS Sports put this out yesterday on Twitter, and I don't have it right in front of me. Um, The Chiefs' defense is the best in the league on deep passes, lowest completion percentage against. They've given up 10 touchdowns, but they picked off 15 passes. And then Warren Sharp, who does a great job, he's he's in a million different places. I saw this on NBC Sports, um, pointed out that on third and six to third and I believe it was nine, the Chiefs are third in the NFL defensively. On on third and sevens and longer, they're best in the NFL. They are very good against the pass. Tampa Bay, again, this per Warren Sharp, throws the ball 80% of the time on second and third down, which is by a wide margin the most in the league. I thought, and I said on this podcast, that Buffalo was going to have a problem against Kansas City because they're one-dimensional. They just wanted to throw the ball, and the Chiefs have a really, really, really good secondary. Tampa Bay wants to just throw the ball, and if they can't keep Brady clean against a lot of heavy blitzes, they got a problem. Because the Chiefs, like, and I'm going to write a whole piece on this. I'll just tease it out right now. The Chiefs have a fourth-round rookie corner right now, Lejarius Sneed, who is playing as good a football as any corner in the NFL. I will stand by that in the slot, outside, whatever. I've got a lot of great stuff uh, on him, uh, working on even getting a little bit more here. But that piece will go up during the Super Bowl week. Uh, I encourage everybody to go to Fanside and read it. I'll, I'll tease it out a bunch of my Twitter account. But he is going to be somebody to watch in this game. So – that's awesome. Looking forward to it. And you're doing great work, Matt, on the uh, column side and all the writing side. So uh, check out what Verderam's doing out there and just pay attention to Matt Verderam on Twitter. Uh, you're probably already doing that if you're listening to this uh, podcast. But again, Verderam, phenomenal Twitter. Also, at the Carm does a great job. Uh, yours sure. truly. Thank you. Thank you very much.
it is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. So you, you got the question on here. If Mahomes wins this game, where does he rank all time? So let me do it, to, let me do it this way. Let's just say that we can have an all-time quarterback draft right now and you get this player for the entirety of their career. You're the first, you're the GM that gets to go first here. Who are you taking number one overall in the history of quarterbacks? And I get it for their whole career. Yep. I mean, right now, I would have to take Brady. Okay. Right. I mean, he's won six Super Bowls, been to 10. Now, you could make an argument that, you know, if Montana had played in this era, Right, you know, where would his numbers be? But if you said to me, like, who do I think at the end of it all is going to have the best numbers? I, I'm not even. I don't even want to look at it from a number standpoint. Okay. I want to know like who you're because if you look at the numbers, I mean, Philip Rivers is fifth all time in, in yardage. Right, he's clearly not the fifth best quarterback. Right, and Joe Montana's twenty first. I mean, there's no way you can't look at it from I mean, a number standpoint. Is is the question just who do I think is the most talented guy? Who do you want for their career? Uh, it, you're, I mean, you're rank, you're, you have to make a decision right now the way you're asking on Patrick Mahomes right now. I mean, okay. where, does he, where does he go? Are you taking him ahead? Of, you, you get him for his career. You don't know what the rest of his career is going to look like, but right. you get to take him. Are you taking him ahead of Peyton? Are you taking him ahead of, of Marino? Are you taking him ahead of Rodgers? Are you taking him ahead of uh, Montana? Right, right, right. Uh, if you're taking the numbers out of it, I would take him first. You would take you so okay so that dude you just said and 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 I'm not arguing with you that for you Patrick Mahomes already is the greatest quarterback of all time you're saying that's what you're saying I mean which is which is fine I think I think he is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen now if he plays 15 more years and he ends his career with three Super Bowl wins and maybe four appearances and. I mean, obviously, it's an incredible career, but is he the GOAT? Is he Brady? I, I don't think I could say that because Brady I, – I, I am somebody who values rings but, for quarterbacks. Right, I do. right um, but, but you're saying that you think that Patrick Mahomes has more talent than any other player that's ever played the position. If you had to draft yes. right now all time, I'm taking yes. him. Yes. If you said to me one game, you got to win – who do you – him. He is the biggest cheat code in NFL history. So, so that's a huge statement, and I think it's a perhaps uh, worth a column. By the way, where would uh, you take him? So, shoot. you know what? It, like honestly, if I was drafting for me personally, just Mark Carmen here, yeah. not if I could have one quarterback and and I'm going to build a team around him that you know can win. If I'm drafting most talented quarterback of all time. Um, and this guy's this this is an off the board pick, and people are going to scream at me for it. But I I, I would take Dan Marino. If you told me There's that I can have, with that, There's if I can have that at all, yeah. I mean, if if I'm going to take one guy who I think it was, I mean, the dude was just straight ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen anybody throw the football like him. Now he couldn't run, so um, I'm limiting myself a little bit there. But like nobody, I mean, that dude threw for sixty one thousand yards from 83 to 99 if he's playing now oh, i mean i mean insane. it's it's just insanity the, um the greatest would, quarterback in year of all time was marino in 84 to throw uh, five thousand yards in 1984 is the like that's like some guy throwing for 6500 yards now no that's right. not word at all man like i 
I think it's a great – in fact, whenever people compare Mahomes, they always talk about Favre. That, that's bullshit. He is not, yeah. He's never been, nor has he ever been like Brett Favre. The two guys who I look at him and historically think he's a lot like are John Elway and Marino. Because yeah, both those – Elway, I think, more in the style because Elway kind of runs similar to Mahomes. Like, he obviously throw first, but he could scramble out. He's got that ridiculous arm. But Marino in the sense – like, if you watch young Marino, Marino is terrifying. Like, there are throws. Like, oh, my God. Like, how the hell did he fit that ball in there? And so Mahomes reminds me of those guys more than anybody else. I agree. I think, it, I think Marino's a great choice. Yeah. And it's – right. Tight windows and – Look, uh, there, there's also as as you know, we older uh, whatever. As the years go on, bigger, stronger, faster, more intelligent too. There's just all that gets factored in. So it, it I mean, it's really hard to do it. So that, okay, if I'm taking Marino, then where am I taking Brady? Where am I taking Mahomes? Um, this you'd have to sit down and really think about this. I, Aaron Rodgers is in that. I don't care that he's only won one Super Bowl. He's he's in the he's in the photo. And then where do you put Montana? I mean. Uh, it, it's tough, but like, I think it's really interesting right now, all time. Cause like, I would have said this, listen, and Jordan didn't have, um, championship rings won this early, but I would, if you had told me like in year th- three, uh, who can, who am I taking all time? Magic bird, whoever else you want to name. I was, I'm, I'm taking Michael. And that's, a, and that's what you're saying right now with Mahomes. It's the same yeah. thing. I, I, and and, and I, you'll, and you very well could be right. Well, I just, I, I've never seen. And I don't think this is biased at all. I really think, I mean, I think most people, I've never seen a guy who, when he's really like, like when he's really rolling, you just feel like there's nothing that's stopping him. Like, I don't care what the other team does, who they have, but here's the bigger reason I take Mahomes. I think the underplayed one, he never plays poorly. Like every other good, like Brady has bad games. Rogers even as great as he is. And he had a couple of bad games this year. Now look, that's not to say Mahomes hasn't ever had a couple of bats. Like the game against Atlanta was probably the worst game of his career. He didn't play well. He only had one pick. He easily could have three. Okay. That's probably the closest he's ever come to having a bad game. And in that game, for 280. And they won. Like hmm. the other game this year that you'd point to is the Miami game where he threw, for th- he threw three picks and he took a 30-yard sack. And almost all of that came in the first quarter. And they scored 33 points and he threw for 390 yards. Like it's just – even when he's by his standards bad, he's still ridiculous. Like I, there's, there's never been a game in his career where the Chiefs have lost by more than one score. So in in theory, he is now he is about to play in the second Super Bowl. He is going to play in two Super Bowls before he has one game where he loses by more than one score. They're always in the game, and the first year of his career, they couldn't stop a high school team. I mean. There was a game in his first year, technically his second, but first his starter. They played the Rams. It's a famous Monday night game. They scored. They gave up 54 points, and they still almost won the game. And he scored 51. It's just – I've never seen how – many, how many quarterbacks – look, I have all the respect in the world for Tom Brady. If his defense gives up 54 points, they'll lose him by 30. Like, it just doesn't matter. And I get they have Kelsey and they have Hill. I understand all that. But I'm, I look, I've watched every snap of his career probably three times over. There are games where he turns Demarcus Robinson into Jerry Rice. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Like it's Chris Connolly got a two year, $12 million contract off playing with Mahomes. Like it's, 
Albert Wilson, one game with Mahomes, got him a three-year, $24 million deal. He is just beyond anything I, at 32 years old, have ever seen. And I would take him. By the way, if I had a second choice, it would be Brady. If I had a third choice, it would be Manning or or Rodgers or Rodgers. But I, I think, th- to me, those are the pantheon of guys in my lifetime that I would I would take. I just put it out on Twitter. We can just uh, at the end of the podcast, I'm just going to see uh, how many responses I get yeah, and, and what people fun. are saying, like, who would you take? And I don't even know if I wrote it that well on Twitter right now, but I hope people get what I meant. Um, so, all right, here, let, let's go into the future. I love that was a fun conversation. Uh, which quarterback will get more hype going into this game, Brady or Mahomes? Uh, go ahead. We're around. Do they, do they, do they edge to the old man or is it all about Patrick and, and his future? I think it's about Brady. Because I think most people look at Mahomes and it's almost like an old story. He's just been so great the last couple of years. I mean, we're we're a couple of days removed from ESPN doing a tale of the tape graphic that had Josh Allen as the better quarterback in the AFC title game. I mean, that's a real thing. That happened. Okay. And Mahomes, I love that he tweeted about it after the game. Just took a huge shot at him. But in any event, I think it's look, Brady's 43. You know, you know, he may not get back again. Who knows? Crazy to doubt him, but you know, he's 43 years old. So I think he's the story. They just went on the road and won three playoff games. All this stuff, right? Like, they're at home. He's got Gronk with him. I think he's going to get more of the play this week and next week. And I think I understand it, right? Like, But I also believe a lot of this is going to be shaped about them going against each other and how it's this old guard, all-time great, probably the greatest ever by any real metric you have. And that guy is going against this supernova of a star who's 25. And look, this is a legacy one in the sense if Brady wins, then the titles are seven to one, which is just bonkers. He's won seven. If he wins this game, seven to one. Okay. And he's got that Mahomes breaker. He beat him in the AFC title game, that classic a few years ago. And then he'd beat him again in the Super Bowl. But if Mahomes wins, now it's 6-2. It feels a hell of a lot more doable that Mahomes ends up getting there. And, by the way, you look at this thing and say, all right, well, Mahomes probably got 15 years ahead of him. Like Brady, this is you know close, to, if not the end of the line. So I do think a lot of the talk will be about the two of them going against each other. But I think Brady will get more of the headlines this week. So Mahomes at this point is 6-1, and one, right, in the playoffs, correct? Yes. Okay, that's an 857 winning percentage, by the way, which is completely insane. Um, but, you know, speaking of, like, who's going to get more hype, I'm, I'm with you on Brady. And one stat that I hadn't been tracking that is just just off the charts, Tom Brady is now 33-11 and 11 in the playoffs. 33. The guy, the guy with the next most wins is Joe Montana with 16. 16. He's got more than double the playoff wins than Montana, Bradshaw, Elway, Manning, all of 14, Roethlisberger and Favre of 13, Aikman, Staubach, Rodgers, 11, Flacco, 10, which is kind of amazing, Kurt Warner, Russell Wilson, Donovan McNabb, Jim Kelly, Drew Brees, all of nine, Plunkett, Eli Manning, Steve Young, Dan Marino with eight. By the way, Marino, to my argument, was eight and ten in the playoffs. Makes me uh, – there's there's things to question there. Ken Stabler was seven and five. And then your six-win quarterbacks are Mahomes, six and one. Theisman, six and two. 
Sims six and four, Fran Target and six and five, Bob Greasy six and five. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. Uh, but the, 33 wins, man. That's in, that's that's insanity right there. It really that that that's that's why why he gets the goat. Yeah, it is. and you know, listen, I'll also say this preemptively. I am already sick of hearing people say, "Well, you know, he's been on a great team for 20 years." Yeah, well, of course he has. I mean, he didn't play on the Lions and win 33 playoff games, but that doesn't take away from the fact of how great he is. Like anyone who knows me personally, and and certainly who who probably follows me on Twitter knows this. Like, I am a big hockey fan. I am a huge New Jersey Devils fan, even though they suck currently. Okay. And Martin Brodeur, in my opinion, is the greatest goaltender to ever live. And he holds most records. He's got three cups, a whole bunch of stuff. The point I'm making, you always would hear people say, well, you know, yeah, but he had good defensemen his whole career. Well, yeah, I mean, no, of course he did. Like, th- that's why he's the all-time wins leader. Like, yeah, I mean, he didn't have a crap team in front of him. But, but the other reason he's the all-time wins leader is he was pretty damn good himself for a long time. He wasn't dragging anybody down. Right. Like I saw him make unbelievable saves, have huge playoff runs. Like, yes, he's not the greatest of all time. He's not surrounded by greatness as well. But he also had to be great to get to that juncture. Brady, yeah. Look, nobody's arguing if he look if he's got Doug Marone as a head coach for 20 years, yeah, he doesn't have six Super Bowls and you know 10 appearances and whatever. He's been surrounded by greatness, no question. But he himself has also been an otherworldly great player. And that is what makes him as unbelievably out in front as Brodeur is in hockey or Gretzky was, you know, in hockey. I mean, you look at Gretzky. You know, here's a, here's a fun stat. Do you know that if you took every goal away from Wayne Gretzky, he still leads the NHL all time in points? That's like, unbelievable. But he was surrounded by great players. Well, oh, you're surra- of course, yeah, fine. But he was still incredible, right? And so that is that is the truth with Brady as well. Um don't discredit his greatness just because he's been surrounded by Belichick and Gronk and defenses and whatever. No, it's, it's I mean, 33 wins in the playoffs. It's just insane. It's insane. So let, let's keep rolling here. Cause uh, we got the power. Uh, by the way, we'll, we'll, we'll clip in some, maybe some special uh, interview episodes of stag in the box, or maybe just some clips uh, from the interviews, but we're getting a lot of super Bowl week. We always get a lot of people. Jerry Rice is coming up later today. Had a, had a sweet conversation with Otis Anderson, Bertram, which uh, the New York Giants slash St. Louis Cardinal, who was the MVP of Super Bowl 25, and he tells a story of uh, how he knew he was going to be – he, he believed he was going to be the MVP of a Super Bowl. That was – and it was going to happen in Florida. And when they lost in Joe Robbie, uh, he, he, uh, he was like, okay, fine, I'll come back and do it. Uh, in Tampa the next year when somebody told him, and you know the story, uh, that the Super Bowl was in Tampa next year. The guy was actually thinking about retirement. Uh, but Otis was awesome. Uh, so anyway, let's move here. Over-unders, 56 and a half. Are you on the uh, – which side are you on here? You think we're going to get a shootout or maybe a little tighter than people think and it's uh, somewhere in the, in the 40s even? I think it's going to be under. I think it's going to be. I, I I do not think this is going to be a 38-35 game. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. The first game was 27-24, which obviously would have been somewhat comfortably under. Um, I think it's that kind of score is what we're going to see again. I I could see a game where it's like 
31 to 20, something like that. But again, that's 51 points. I, the Buccaneers have a good defense and a great front seven. And the Chiefs, despite popular sentiment, have a very good defense. The Chiefs are not going to go into this game and give up 38 points unless they turn the ball over a, a million times. And I, I, I do not think it's going to be this track meet everybody seems to think it will be. Now, look, if there's, you know, if, if there's a, if the Chiefs turn over a bunch of times and maybe if, if the Bucks, you know, if they just cannot get pressure, then maybe it turns into a game where it's like 41 24. But I, I think it's under. I really do. I, I tend to agree. I, I, I just always think that uh, ultimately in huge games, things just get a little bit tighter and things slow down and you're maybe just a little bit more conservative than normal. So it just feels if I had to put money on it, I would, I would, I would say the under as well. Um, let's, let's move on to some uh, NFL news other than the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford and the Lions are going to have their divorce. Uh, they're both on board with uh, going forward here. Good luck to Dan Campbell. He can have a different quarterback to bite people's knees when he gets sacked. Uh, Where where do you think the best spot is for Stafford? I'm dreaming that he'll end up in Chicago. Uh, I'm dreaming that anybody will end up in Chicago other than the current situation. But uh, that's probably not what's going to happen here. So where where do you have Stafford going? I think the most likely places are Indy and New England. But I I really think – that San Francisco would be the ideal spot for him. They have a a good offensive line, really nice weapons when healthy with Kittle and Samuel and whatnot, and their backfield, um, and a very good defense, again, when when healthy. Um, I think Stafford would be a big upgrade over Garoppolo. I think they would immediately be a a Super Bowl contender again. I've always liked Stafford. I know there's a a bunch of different opinions out there on him. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback anymore at this point in his career, but I do still think he's a top 15 guy. I still think he's a really good player. And, and honestly, I could see him being you know, having a top 10 year on a, on a better team. It's like, what do we know about him? The guy's been on the Lions for a decade, and he's been trying to drag that carcass around. So I like San Francisco as the first spot. I like Indy as the second. I would love to see him in New England just to see him work with a great coach and to see what yeah. it looks like. But But they, to your point – he would not have a plethora of weapons. No weapons. You know, right. So that, that part would suck. Now I would tend to gamble on the Patriots upgrading the talent around him, and it would be a great spot for him. So I guess I'll stick with new England just for the sheer coaching, but like that dude, he deserves to, I don't know if deserves, but I, I'd like to see him just to see what it would look like to have him on a really well-coached team with some talent and see how good he would look. Because the narrative around Stafford can't win the big game, made too many mistakes. Like I, I, I tend to think that this is not Jay Cutler. Like I, I view Stafford differently, but hopefully he ends up in the right spot. Which, um, any by the way, San Francisco would be great. Indy could be good too. So any of those three would work. Um, so I, I think wherever he goes, it's going to be better than where he's been. How much do you give up for Deshaun Watson is out there? Uh, the Bears are supposedly going to be really active in the quarterback market. Um, hey, Houston, what do you want for Deshaun Watson if I'm Ryan Pace? But uh, what, what are you giving up? I'd give up three first-round picks. And I'd even throw in a couple of you know thirds or whatever. That's what it took. Um, now, it also depends where I'm at you know, as an organization. Like, if I think he is the – if I think he is the answer – like, if I'm the Dolphins – Oh, God, here. Here's Tua, 
both my first round picks this year, and we'll and we'll talk after that because I kind of look at Tua as a first round pick. So I here's Tua, two first. What else do you want? If I'm the Jets, I'm maybe a touch more hesitant because they're so far away and they need so much. But I still, man, like if you can get Deshaun Watson, you do it. You go get that guy and you figure it out, right? Like how much more attractive for the Jets to free agents if they have Deshaun Watson? What about if you're the Saints? What about if you're Indy? They what can't afford him. The Saints can't afford him. Yeah, contract. they're so unbelievably capped out. Indy, I think we're doing two seconds, but he's not going in the division. What about San Fran? Oh, I, anything, anything. Here's Garoppolo, two first, three first, whatever. Right, Fine, take it. Right, right. Anything. Right, right. I, I'm not kidding, man. If I were the Niners, I'd literally call the Texans up and say, "What do you want?" Whatever the answer was, I'd just say, "Fine." Yeah, you got to play poker a little bit better than that, but I get, but that's the sentiment, right? Hey, what's it going to take? Just let me know. Uh, and that's the thing too. Like, if I was Houston, I would be calling up teams like, "Look, we're going to trade him. He doesn't want to be here, and it's extremely painful, but we're going to move on. This is what we need from you." And just raid rosters, and someone is going to say yes. Make as good, make a great trade. Like they, they, they are in position where they could make a phenomenal deal. It's going to be painful. Their fans are going to hate it, but. Fans get over everything. So if that's what I would do if I were the Texans, I literally would identify teams that need them, which is nearly, you know, a good 10 teams at least, and then, you know, make the deal that you would do. Someone's going to say yes. Um, All right, let's do in or out. This would be the most impressive win of Brady's career, in or out. In. In. I think it would be the most impressive Super Bowl win he's ever had. And I think, you know, What's more impressive than these Super Bowl wins? I mean, you want to argue the first one? Maybe. You know, they beat the Rams. That was a ridiculous team. But I, to me, though, Brady was like a caretaker on that team. This this one seems like a no-brainer. Not not only has is he 43, not only is he switching teams, and not only were the Bucs 7-9 and nine last year, albeit with a lot of talent, but they were 7-9. and nine. He's also going up against a team trying to go back-to-back. Back. I mean, it's it, it would be – entirely preposterous and i also don't think by the way he has anything to lose like no he doesn't but they're not i mean it's a weird thing to say about a team with all the talent on tampa they're not supposed to win this game no they're They're not, not they they're not supposed to be here none of it let's pause for a quick second here so we can pay some bills we're right back with stacking the box uh is it better to take away travis kelsey than tyreek hill that's an interesting question in or out I see. I'm actually in on this. Like to me, and 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 I'll tell you right now, what I think is going to happen is they have PTSD from what happened with Tyreek Hill the last game, and they're going to do everything imaginable to take Tyreek Hill out. And Watkins and Kelsey are just going to go berserk. But I I firmly believe you're playing cheese. Look, it's not a good option either way, which is why they're so hard to beat. Kelsey to me is more devastating though. Because you just he's all it's always 10 yards, 15 yards. Like it's always first downs. They're moving, they're moving. I to me, I would almost do it to Titan, but for the record, yeah, I'm in. I, I would try to Kelsey away even more. But I would do like what the Titans did against them in the AFC title game. They doubled both of them and just said, We don't care. Beat us on the ground, beat us with Sammy Watkins. And of, of course, that's exactly what happened. They did it. And and Hill still had two touchdowns in the game anyway. It, it made no difference. But I think that's what you almost have to try to do. Like, double them both. Hope you get home before and just say a prayer. That Watkins doesn't play well, that they fumble, that Mahomes misses some throws. I, I, 
I know that sounds like a homerish take, but I, I don't know what else you do. I really, they're so dynamic. And Lord knows, look, they got two weeks with this turf toe thing. They're going to shoot the crap out of that toe. They're going to do it. And he looked fine in the AFC title game. So I'd imagine he's going to look fine in the Super Bowl. I, I'd dare him to run. I'd live with the consequences. I, I'll let Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards Alaire beat me. I'm going to have Watkins. I know Watkins is going to kill my third corner. I'll live with it. And I'm just going to pray that we just go double-double on Kelsey and Hill and that somehow that's enough. So that, that's how I'm looking at it here to this one's like, yes, by the way, I'm in because, you know, Kelsey's like Chinese water torture, right? I mean, you're just the, yeah, first down, first down, first down. I mean, my God. But if you don't take away both, it, at least in some degree, you're, you're done. So you, you got you to gotta do your best to limit both of them and then um, hope that, the rest of it works out slightly in your favor. And again, Mahomes has a slightly off day. Tampa Bay having home field matters in or out. I'm out on this. I don't think it matters in the least, but go ahead. So, although maybe in COVID, I, it, I, I, just the whole comfort of being at home all week, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's a factor. I would have been in on it mattering if the Chiefs had to be down there all week for the Super Bowl. Because then, going you know, on, then you're yeah. in a hotel you know, the whole week and, and it's, it's bizarre and you get, they're not going down at all at earliest Friday. Right. So I don't think it really matters. Like the Chiefs were eight and on the road this year, including in Tampa. It's basically like treating it like it's a road game. They've been pretty damn comfortable doing that all year long. They went to Buffalo, Baltimore, Tampa, Miami, and New Orleans, won all those games. So I, and, and the fans to me, it, it doesn't make any difference. Right. I mean, a lot of these tickets are being given out to, you know, to hospital workers and, and whatnot, and, and which is great, by the way. Um, but I don't, I don't think them being at home, like in a normal year, I would think it would really matter. But in a year like this, I, I don't. I don't think it makes much of a difference. Right. And to me, it would also matter more in a regular year if, if he was still with New England. Like, yeah, it matters, but, like, I don't feel a, as sick about it as, like, this is, you know, uh, a – team a Patriots team that's that's been winning every single year and now they get to play a home Super Bowl game that would be disgusting uh it still wouldn't feel great but uh I, I don't think it's I'm with you not a huge factor here in, in Super Bowl 55 nobody is going to miss Super Bowl week in or out that I'm out on this because I'm gonna miss Super Bowl week but from a fan standpoint and not the media what are you saying well I mean I think that, like, I'll miss being, you know, we were in Miami last year. That was a lot of fun and whatnot. But, like, I'm not going to miss all the ridiculous crap that goes along with the Super Bowl. You know, the media night when you get some some clown, and you know, trying to ask Me. the most obscure. <laughs> yes. You, no. <laughs> I, I mean, just all the crap that gets in the way. Like, as someone who, look, I, I try to have fun and, and have a good time. But, like, I'm also serious about my job. And I try to do a good, you know, a good bit of work. And. It drives me crazy when I know there's a time limit. I'm trying to ask a question to Frank Clark and somebody's like, hey, will you marry? Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Me? Like, get the fuck out of here. 
like get the fuck out of here i am trying to do my job i've got no time for your crap i'm you know like i and i so i'm not going to miss that part of it what i will miss is the the team sessions throughout the weeks at their hotels where you get to sit down with guys and you get to sit down at the table i remember like last year for example i sat down chris jones and i had a conversation i'm sitting at the table with him i said you know chris you guys have been playing a lot better as the year has gone on. You know, what do you, you know, what do you, what, what do you look at your defense and kind of take away? What do you feel like has maybe become your identity? And he's like, I'll tell you what, we're pissed off and composed. And I laughed and he laughed and, you know, we got up, whatever, shook hands, went our ways. And then I went over to see Spagnolo and sat down and talked to him for a little bit. And I mentioned that quote to him and he started laughing. He's like, pissed off and composed. I like that. Like, and it was a funny little thing. Like we just had to get, to, and you get to know these guys, you know, you get to know them a little bit beyond just who they are in the field. You know, you get, to, I'm not going to say, you know, Chris Jones and I aren't pen pals or anything, but you, you get to know them, you know, kind of a little behind the scenes in those little moments. You know, I remember I was sitting there, I was, I was talking to, um, right in the same day, actually talking to Anthony Sherman and, I was doing a story on the fullbacks and how, you know, fullbacks are dead supposedly in the NFL. These teams both get there. They both have fullbacks that they, they value a great deal. And I'm talking to them and, you know, you have that feeling sometimes like somebody's right next to you. And I was like, is there some like media member like right on top of me? What is going on? And I look over my shoulder and it's Tyree kill literally two inches from me with his phone up. And he's like, and he's asking, like, he's like interjecting to ask Anthony Sherman questions like he's one of the reporters. And they, it was, you know, it's funny as hell. And the same thing with the Niners. You know, there's so many interactions like that. That I will miss. I will not miss the circus. I will not miss writing till 3 a.m. Although I, I'll probably do that for my office anyway, but at least I'll be in my office. So some of it I won't miss. But I'm out because I will miss seeing everybody down there, the players, the coaches, the, the, the personnel uh execs that held the, the other media members i will miss that yeah and by the way whoever uh asked frank clark to marry him i'm on your side Verderam needs to chill out you're allowed to ask that question on super bowl week um you're a and, horrible person and part of the problem yeah you're you're a great person to keep doing what you do you ask all ask all, all your i want to marry you questions i find you to be very entertaining and verdoran will get over it eventually although maybe not maybe you won't get over it it's okay um but i by the way i i you know i, I love you both both you matt verdoran and the the frank clark question i'm just i'm all full of love here hey um as we wrap up here and I'm getting less response than I would like on Twitter. Carm's Twitter just not getting the love that it deserves. But here are some of the names. Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, who clearly that I don't think that that person quite understood the question. But that is, uh, you know, I don't even mind that answer. Like if you if you really want to be the most bold of all time. But there are multiple Patrick Mahomes in here. So you're not alone here, Verter. And people think that Mahomes is going to go down as the GOAT. I mean, I think that is um, – it's a, it's it's a real thing, so which Very is well pre- might. which is pretty damn crazy. Uh, anything going on that you want to uh, get into here? We won't be with you on Sunday night this week, but we will have a full, of course, uh, leading up to the Super yes. Bowl podcast next week. Um, not a ton. I, mean, I already teased the Legarius Sneed piece. We're gonna have some other stuff coming up as well. Look, fan side is gonna be chock full of stuff, and I don't just say that because I work. I'm serious. I mean, we're gonna have great stuff. Matt Lombardo who does excellent work for us as an insider. Uh, he sat down with Carl Banks, uh, formerly of the New York Giants, Otis Anderson's great teammate, um, and did a, a, a long style piece on on his Super Bowl memories. 
Um, I will be doing this piece on Sneed. Be doing some other stuff throughout the week that I'm still working on. That I don't want to quite say X. I don't know 100% exactly how it'll turn out, but I'm excited about the prospects. We have uh, Mike Tanier, who is fantastic. Uh, did a command coach column for us all week, all, all year long. And he did kind of some, you know, a, a, a more humorous look at the Super Bowl and the memories he's had covering it and how it, how it all shakes out. So there's a lot going on. Um, and then, look, I wasn't ever going to say it on the podcast. It was going to be a surprise. But I am uh, looking forward to next week going home and uh, going back to New York and seeing my dad and watching the game with him. Oh, um, that's adorable. That, of course, last year, I, you know, I'm usually at the Super Bowl. I'm usually working the game. But this year, because of COVID – it's not going to be the case. The seating is so incredibly limited. It's mostly going to be for the team's beat guys, uh, and rightfully so. And then, you know, ESPN, NFL Network, and all these massive, massive, massive outlets. Um, and so instead of sitting in my office and watching all the games, which I've done all year, uh, I'll be driving back 14 hours before next weekend. We'll sit down, watch game. I will quarantine in the meantime. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be, uh, should be fun. That's really cool. I love it. Uh, Feel free to do a quick Verderam and Dad video right before the game saying this yeah. is the way it should be, damn it. Um, let's see what's going on in my life. You know what? I got to interview Ray Allen yesterday and uh, all-time NBA three-point leader. I'm going to write a piece um, detailing how he thinks the three ball is not exactly helping the game right now, which I thought was interesting coming from him. Um, but – I also, you know, game six, 2009, Matt Verderam, Celtics yep. Bulls. It was Derrick Rose's rookie year. It was a seven-game series. The Celtics ended up winning it. Uh, but that game went triple overtime. Allen had 51, shot 18 of 32, 9 of 18 from three. And so I start saying to him, like, you know, Ray, you won a lot of games, but I'm going to bring up one that you didn't win. You had 51, and he just starts nodding his head. Huh. He's like, he's like, I figured you were going to do that. You know, it's a Chicago guy, right? And, you know, I'm like, that's correct, Chicago guy. And um, it's just interesting, like a guy who's had that, you know, lengthy of a career, Hall of Famer, the whole thing. He's won two NBA championships, hit the biggest shot in Miami Heat history. Take that, LeBron James. Um, you know, just instantly remembered that night, right? You know, he's, you know, and it was a phenomenal game. I don't know if you remember it yourself, but Noah I had, a, yeah, Noah had a coast to coast uh, dunk. We threw it down as a young Joakim Noah, and he's screaming, and him and he, Kevin Garnett was his hero, and Garnett treated him like he was the biggest piece of shit ever when he first met him. And Noah was just like, "All right, well, you know, fuck you then. I'm, I, you do, thank you for that lesson." And now it's like you're no longer my hero. You're my guy that I'm going to try to kill. Um, so, at any rate, it was it was a great, great, great basketball game, and Ray was super cool. So I, I had a lot of fun. It's always fun talking to those guys, like whatever sport they play about. Like when you really start getting into their like mindset about certain things. I remember. I'll, I'll leave it at this, but it just reminded me of that. And that's a great story. Um, years ago, before I worked for Fanside, actually right before, like a month before I took the job here in 2015, I was doing a whole bunch of freelance work and I was working for Awful Announcing. And they sent me over to the, uh, they sent me to Midtown Manhattan to the CBS headquarters because they, you know, we were getting ready for the March Madness tournament. And off when I was gotten invited because I lived, you know, an hour and a half away. They're like, listen, why don't you drive down? We'll give you the credential, whatever. You go down there and talk to the guys and, you know, give us some good stuff for, from Turner and, and, and whatnot. So I go down there 
And some of the stories I cannot share on air because they're, and I'll, I'll tell you after, they're hilarious, but, but they're, they're highly inappropriate. But in any event, so I'm down there and one of the guys is sitting there is Reggie Miller. Now I, as a longtime Knicks fan from the nineties, absolutely hate Reggie Miller with a blinding passion. Right. So I see Reggie Miller and immediately I'm like, man, fuck Reggie Miller. <laughs> like I'm just, you know, I don't want to talk to him, whatever. Turns out I ended up sitting there. I'm talking to him. Very, very nice guy. Right. Like really personable, super cool. So afterwards, we're out of the ballroom and things are kind of wrapping up. And he just he's standing by himself in the hallway. And I just I don't know. I was 25 years old. I thought it would be funny. And I walked up, said, you know, so, you know, first of all, I did say, I said, you know, Reggie, thanks a lot for the time. It's a pleasure meeting you. Said, yeah, no problem, man, for sure. And, you know, he's like, you know, what's your name again? I said, oh, you know, Matt Verderam, whatever. Off on house. He said, cool. Yeah. And I said, I got to tell you, though. When I was a kid, I hated your guts. <laughs> and he smiled as wide as could be. He's like, what are you, a Knicks fan? And I was like, yep. And I hated your guts. And he started, he's like, how, how, whatever it was like, how nine points or seven points in seven seconds feel, right? And I was like, how to feel to never win? <laughs> you said that to him? Yeah. And it was like, it, but like, to be fair, like, he, like, he enjoyed like the back and yeah. forth. He's like, yeah, got close, though. Got close. I'm like, yeah, you and I are the same amount of rings, though, Reg. At the end of the day, it is what it is. And he's like, yeah, but I'm a Hall of Famer. And I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> and, like, we just, and like, we like shook, and like, we kind of like shook hands, and like, we just started laughing. And it was funny. Like, I, I by no means like wanted to insult him or whatever, but like when he brought up the nine points or whatever it was in, in seven seconds, it just it, like brought back like every horrible memory I had of him as a Nick fan as a kid. I was like, yeah, well, you never won a championship. <laughs> Auto response. I wouldn't do that now. A little, little older and, uh, you know, maybe a little more refined. But he was cool. Like, he he enjoyed, he enjoyed, like, the bat. You know, he was like, yeah, you know, 25 points in the fourth quarter. Like, it was just, you know, it was like him talking to somebody at the garden. You know, he just, he enjoyed, like, the, yeah, well, screw you. I still beat your team. And it was, it was fun. It was great. Let's wrap up on that. I think you should change your Twitter bio to Matt Verderam. Maybe a little bit older and a little more refined. <laughs> Still need the, to be refined, but co- compared to twenty-five-year-old me, I'm sure Reggie would never remember it in a million years. But I did. It was it was a fun conversation. Covers the NFL. Your NFL insider fan side. All right, everybody, enjoy uh, the pause. I guess if you will, as we wait for Super Bowl Fifty-Five. We'll see you next week with a full detailed preview always appreciate you listening to stack in the box reviews are uh, the lifeblood of this podcast damn it we need you so uh if you are first time listening and you made it this far if you could leave a review we really 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 appreciate it Uh, we'll see you next time progressive snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive so the safer you drive the more money you could save now if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving let me say it again seriously put down your phone that is so unsafe if you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving you could save money with progressive snapshot but saving or not just put it down And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus... 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.